Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. You send forth your spirit, and they are created, and so you renew the face of the earth. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. This past week at St. Michael's, we had vacation Bible camp, and The theme was Into Narnia, based off the famous Chronicles of Narnia by the late C.S. Lewis. There was a skit each day that we put on for the kids, and Lizzie cast me in the role of Mr. Tumnus, a magical fawn with curly hair, brown eyes, a short pointed beard, horns on his forehead, cloven hooves, and the legs of a goat. (laughs) Lizzie told me that I, of all people, was perfect for the role. I need to ask her about that when she returns from vacation. Um, my seminary training did not prepare me to play Mr. Tumnus. The part was a bit of a stretch, but if I'm being honest with you, I was surprisingly spectacular. Um, the protagonists in this story, they're children who stumble into Narnia through the back of a wardrobe where there lives this wild lion by the name of Aslan, who Lewis intends to serve as the Christ figure. And in my debut scene as Mr. Tumnus, I got to ask Lucy, who was played by my wife Emily, if she had met Aslan yet while in Narnia. No, she said, I shall feel rather nervous to meet a lion. Is he safe? And this, of course, is where I really feel like I shined as an actor. Because when Lucy asked me if Aslan was safe, my response was, Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. We make a mistake whenever we imagine that the God we worship, a God that we know to be very, very good, that this God is at the same time safe. Today's reading from Acts makes that very clear as the disciples all begin together in one place waiting to receive the promised Holy Spirit. And who knows if they had the slightest idea the extent to which this Spirit would recreate their lives to undo who they were and to remake them into bold witnesses of the gospel. My guess is they didn't see it coming. After all, isn't the Holy Spirit's job to bring calm, tranquility, and a sense of divine peace. As the old hymn goes, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I think that captures who we want the spirit to be, someone sweet, manageable, predictable, tameable, a sweet, sweet heavenly dove. But of course, that's not what we encounter in today's reading from Acts, where the spirit of God is revealed not as a still small voice, but in violent wind and fiery tongues 
and in a vision where the moon is turned to blood. Nothing about this imagery would suggest that the Holy Spirit we come here to evoke is safe. Now, to understand what's happening in today's reading from Acts, there are two key events in the Old Testament that we need to revisit. The first is the creation story. In Genesis chapter 1, we are told that a wind from God swept over the face of the waters before the creation came into being. This same creative wind is what fills the house in today's reading from Acts. Why? Because something new is about to be created. The second event in the background of today's reading is the giving of the law. In Exodus 19, we're told that Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and that the whole mountain trembled violently, meaning that the violent wind that shows up in today's reading, the shaking of the room, the tongues of fire that descend, these are meant to allude to that moment in Israel's history where God gave the law. Why? Because a new law will now be given, a new commandment for all the peoples. But unlike the law given at Sinai, this new law will not be written on tablets of stone, but on the hearts of those called to be disciples. And as the Spirit makes a home in the hearts of those disciples, Christ will once again take form in the world. This is why Pentecost has often been called the birthday of the church. For today, we do see a new birth, a new creation coming to life, something that both grows from but also expands upon what came before. But again, nothing about this spirit being poured out upon God's people is safe or tame or predictable. No, the spirit we see today is wild and fierce and in time won't just recreate the disciples, but will actually turn the whole world upside down. Annie Dillard wrote a book in 1982 called Teaching a Stone to Talk, and I'm not sure anyone says it better than she does in that book. She writes, why do people in church seem like cheerful tourists on a package tour of the absolute. <laughs> Does anyone have the foggiest idea of what sort of power we blithely invoke? It is madness, she says, to wear lady straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to the pews. For the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense, or the waking God may draw us to where we can never again return. And isn't this, of course, what happens in today's reading from Acts? The Spirit draws the apostles into a life from which they will never again return. The God of creation will recreate them. The giver of the law will write that law on their hearts. I mean, just consider how the story begins. They're all together in one place, fearful and 
huddled behind locked doors. And then the Spirit descends, and we see Peter, of all people, a man now recreated by the Spirit of God, raising his voice and bearing witness to all of Jerusalem to his faith in Jesus Christ. It was not a safe thing to do. Peter stood up to the authorities. He stood up to an empire, and Peter would come to pay the price for that witness. In fact, of the 12 apostles, 11 would die for their faith, for God's Spirit would draw them into a life from which they would never again return, a life of bearing witness to the one who died and rose again, a life of justice and mercy and grace, a life of social healing as Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, man, woman, slave, free, they'd all come together in one community and drink from a common cup. It was a dangerous life that the Spirit drew them into, and the Spirit of God remains just as dangerous today. Now, to be really clear, the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring peace and comfort. As Paul writes in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. It's not chaos and violence. And of course, the words Jesus speaks today in John are equally true. The Holy Spirit's work is to bring comfort. All of that is true. But what is not true is that the comfort God offers is the comfort we want or the comfort we expect, or the comfort that the world holds up as ideal. For ultimately, the Spirit's comfort is the comfort of truth, the truth that even now God's Spirit is recreating us and our world into something beautiful and eternal as God's fire burns away all within us that is false, and you know, sometimes you and I cooperate with that Holy Spirit, and it feels like peace. And at other times, we do not cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and it feels like fire. But it's a spirit, Jesus says, that no matter what will be with us forever, in us forever, for us forever, an advocate who wills nothing but our good, a spirit that, though far from safe, is very, very good. And so today, we find ourselves here at St. Michael's, all together in one place, as it was that day the church was born, with something new being created here, something that both grows from and expands upon what came before. Each of us gathered in the sanctuary because one way or another, the Spirit has drawn us into this Christian life from which we will never return. And my prayer for us on this Pentecost is simple, that to quote Philip Turner, we would be a community in which Christ takes form, that Christ would be born anew in us each and every day through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we, St. Michael's, would become God's new creation, people with God's law written on our hearts, and that we'd have the courage to let the Holy Spirit do 
whatever wild, unpredictable, dangerous thing it is that the Holy Spirit wants to do. Again, there's nothing about this God or the life God recreates in us that is safe. But let us not forget the words that God spoke in Genesis after God created the world, words that God still speaks when the Spirit recreates our life and our church and our world. Behold, when God saw all that he had created, it was very, very good. Amen.